And also, another great prayer report. Do you want to share? Yeah, unless Jordan wants to. Well, I was just going to tell him what you told me yesterday. Do you want to tell him? (laughs) Well, just as another report on Jordan and what has happened in his life, because he's been faithful to us for four years, and we've been blessed by him, and uh, we will miss him. I won't say what I said yesterday at the table in church. (laughs) But um, the really great testimony, I thought, was one of Jordan's favorite songs is the song Yahweh. And he has had had many situations where he's been, where the Lord touched, it's funny, where the Lord touches us in different ways. Well, one way he touches Jordan is when he's driving and it's a lot of times because he's, he'll be listening to worship. But um, so he said he was praying on the way to the interview. And uh, all of a sudden, the song Yahweh came on. So he knew that it was the Lord's blessings. And I thought that was such a great promise. And we don't, we don't recognize it sometimes. We have to look. Because the little ways, the little things... I call them uh, dots on the map. Or how many have played the game Clue? I know like Lizzie and Kizzy played a lot of Clue when they were little, but you're always looking for the clue to the murder mystery. This isn't a murder mystery, though. (laughs) But the Lord gives us these clues, and I think we have to, Jordan, you got to think about that. And anytime you feel stressed or discouraged or worried, you remember that that happened. Because I don't think that was a mistake. And, um, and the Lord will do that more as we walk with him. And all of you be looking and listening and watching for God to move in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Another great testimony is sitting right over here. Most of you, it's your aunt, Terry, and Mark. Both of them been healed and delivered from cancer. Amen. And we're praying. We've been praying for them. We're going to continue to pray for them. That, Lord, those checkups all year, Lord God, throughout the year, will all come up clear in Jesus' name that there will be no cancer in neither one of them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And, Lord God, that your hand will be upon them and bless them with a long and prosperous life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Grace, come on down. Time to take up an offering. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for your provisions that you've been bringing into this house. Lord God, it's by your mighty hand and your miracles, Lord God, that... Lord, that you've kept us going for so long, and Lord, you've never failed us or forsaken us. And Lord God, and we are just believing that over our finances. We believe that over our family and our children and our grandchildren, Lord God, that your hands would be upon them throughout all the generations you've allotted us. In Jesus' name, that you would go before them and protect them. Lord God, that you would prosper the works of our hands. That, Lord God, that you would flourish us, Lord God, and that you would make us a light. And on a hill, Lord God. And we are just believing that, and we're believing that with everything we do. And we're believing that you are going to bless us and, and prosper us, 
Lord God, even in these days, Lord God, in these end days, and until you bring us home, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord God, for each person here. I pray that you would bless their finances in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry today we have no snacks to offer for church because Julia was at our house last night. I have to remember this, Julia, Next for next time this happens, that we got to have it on a Friday, so Saturday you can still bake for Sunday morning. So that's partially my fault, but it's really my wife's fault. I blame, I blame Julie for this organization. So that's what every man does, right? Blames their wife. I didn't do it. Julie did it. <laughs> huh? I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> All right. So if you got your Bibles, let's open them up to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, we all know this story about David and Goliath. But you know, there were some new things in it when I read it today. And when I heard that I was going to have the kids in church, I thought, well, I need to preach something that they're going to be excited about. And I remember when Jackson lived in our house, we used to tell stories of giants. And Jackson would tell us story after story of how he would slew the giant, slay the giant with his sword. So, as I was reading this, I want to read, I'm going to read the whole chapter to you. The Lord was speaking to me about it, and I'll share with it. Let there be light. Can you still read the board? Yeah. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sukkah in Judah. They pitched camp in Ephes Damim between Sukkah and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah. You know what I used to do? I'm just off track here, but some of these words that are really hard to pronounce, I just substitute them sometimes because it doesn't really matter. It does sometimes, but you know, you just make up your own words sometimes. I'm pretty good at making that up, but. All right, anyways. So they camped in the valley of Elah, and they drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill, and the Israelites another, with a valley between them. A champion named Goliath who was from Gath, came out of the Philistines' camp. He was over nine feet tall. They say he was like nine foot five or nine foot seven. Just to give you an idea, the ceiling is like ten feet. Well, no, it's not even ten feet. Because I could probably jump and touch the ceiling. I know I can't jump a basketball hoop. I can't do it right this moment. (laughs) But let me tell you, if you think of a basketball hoop, 
He stood just three inches short of a basketball hoop. The top of his head. And you know, the one thing that amazed me when I read this is that Goliath was a champion. He was a champion at at war. Goliath was no slouch of a giant. He was battle-proven and tested. He was not only just a, a warrior, but he was a champion at being a warrior. It said that he had a bronze helmet, and on his head, he wore a bronze helmet on his head, and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, Weighing 5,000 shekels. Well, I looked up, well, how much does a shekel weigh? Well, do you know it takes 39 shekels to make a pound? Wow. So 5,000 shekels, you do the math, is 126, like 0.7 pounds. His armor weighed 126 pounds that he wore. It said that his spear weighed 600 shekels. That's like, that. no, the spear head, the tip. It said his spear was like a, a weaver's um, shuttle. And I don't know, my grandmother was a weaver, and she taught me how to weave. She used to have a little shop at the bottom of Twist Run, and she had looms. She was a Jew. She had all these looms in her basement, tons of them. I'm not saying, I think Jews, I just took it for granted, like Jews weave, you know, that's what Jews do, they weave. Besides, make money, right? And are wise with their finances, so that I lost out on the wise part, but I learned how to weave as a kid. (laughs) But anyways, a, a weaver's shuttle is really big and round, and it holds string on it, and you pass it through the threads of your loom. But so, I can imagine, his spear was probably, you know, I probably couldn't get my hand around it, because I know I can't get my hand around a weaver's shuttle. So that's how big his spear was, and the tip of his spear weighed 15 pounds. So Goliath was no slouch. He was strong. He was a champion. Goliath stood and he shouted, to the ranks of the Israelites. Why do you come out, line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man, and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the, on hearing the Philistine words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of an Ephrite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem. 
And I highlighted that because I thought that was interesting. Not only did our Savior come from Bethlehem, but David came from Bethlehem. And when the prophet said, well, nothing good comes from Bethlehem, and I thought, well, King David came from Bethlehem. He's pretty good. And not only did David come from Bethlehem, but out of his root, Jesus come up, came up out of Bethlehem also. Jesse had eight sons in Saul's time. And Jesse was an old man. And he was well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The firstborn was Elib, the second Abinadab, thanks mom, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Twice a day, Goliath would go out there, walk out to the valley, and he would just taunt the Israelites. He would say, give me a man. Send me somebody who's worthy to fight. He did that twice a day. Now Jesse said to David, take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of the unit. See how your brothers are bringing back, see how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and all the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies ran to the battle lines and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying 
and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked him, Why have you come down here? And with whom do you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. I could preach on that. <laughs> now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? Isn't that sound like two brothers to you fighting? Oh, you conceited little runt. Go home. Go back to your sheep. Leave us, leave us older brothers out here to battle. Leave us men to fight. You kids, you need to go back and watch the sheep. David said to Saul, oh, excuse me. David then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. He's like, I'm just going to ignore you, brother. (laughs) I'm going to go to somebody else who will listen. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, your servant will go out and fight him. Let no one lose heart. From a child consulting a king of Israel. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Pretty bold of David. Saul replied, You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. And he has been fighting men from his youth. Remember, he's a champion. He's a giant. I can't send out a boy to do a man's job. Then David said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him, a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around, because he was not used to them. And he said, I cannot go out in these, because I am not used to them. So he took them off, then he took his staff in his hand, chose five stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistines. Think about that. David didn't go out there with a sword, did he? Or a bow or a spear. He took what he was comfortable with. He took what he knew. He took his staff, his shepherd's staff. He took his sling. And picked five stones. 
And he walked out and approached the Philistine, the giant. Meanwhile, the Philistine with a shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. And he looked David over. And he saw he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome. And he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air. And the beast of the earth. You see, he, oh, he took what the words that the giant was saying over him. Like, I am going to give your flesh to the birds and to the beasts of the fields. That's what Goliath said to David. David turned it right around and said, no. Oh, no. All that army of the Philistines, all of their bodies is going to be given to the birds and to the beasts of the fields. And not only that, I'm going to have your head in my hand. At the end of this day, and he said, then the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. There is courage right there, isn't there? You got a nine and a half foot giant coming at you with sword and spear and shield. And what do you see? A ruddy young boy running after him with a shepherd's staff and a sling. Running right at him, face to face, not afraid. Pretty amazing sight. And he reaching into his bag and taking it bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and he struck the Philistine in the forehead. Said the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and he killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and he drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistine saw that their hero was strewn along the Sharam, Rode to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the... As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, 
whose son is this young man? Abner replied, as surely as I live, I don't know. The king said, find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul and with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him, David. I am David, the son of your servant Jesse from Bethlehem. We all know the story of David and Goliath. And if you don't, you just heard the whole thing. (laughs) And all of us have to fight our own giants in our lifetime. Whether it's fear, which all of us have if we just honestly evaluate ourselves. We've all struggled with fear at some sort and some time in our life. And I find most of us all is that when I think that things are going well or that I am growing in the Lord or things are going good for our family is when the giants actually come out. They come out to discourage, to steal, to bring doubt into my thoughts. And if I were to battle all these giants in my flesh, I would surely fail in my attempt. Let me tell you, I am learning this lesson more and more, especially as I get older. It's when I take my eyes off of Jesus, it's when I start to sink. Just like Peter did when he stepped out of the boat. And he had faith to walk on water. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and he put his eyes on the storm, is when we start to sink. And we got to remember what the Bible tells us in Ephesians is that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have to remember that the battle is the Lord's. We have to stand in faith as David proclaimed. As it was so with this lion and this bear, you got to remember that David fought a lion and a bear. And when they came at him, what did he say? He grabbed them by their hair and then he struck them and he killed them. A lion and a bear. I don't know, but a lion is pretty ferocious. Some of us watched a mountain lion stalk and charge this guy for six minutes while he was on his morning run. 
My wife showed me that video. And I'm telling you what, that guy said, oh, I'm big and bad, I'm big and bad. But I can guarantee you, he was pretty afraid. (laughs) As so would I be. As he saw that lion come charging at him, hitting the ground with its paws. It was a pretty fearsome sight. For six minutes that went on. Until the guy, what did he pick up? A stone. (laughs) And he slung it at the lion and it took off. Should have done that five minutes ago. (laughs) But it's so funny. But we have to remember that the battle is the Lord's. We can't take these battles on in our own flesh. Or else we will fail. When a giant's come against me, he said that you giant come against me with sword and spirit. And whatever your giant might be, we don't fight it the same. We come against it in the name of the Lord. We come against our giants in the name of the Lord. The God of the armies of Israel. And I'm guarantee you there is no giant big enough. There is no giant strong enough, scary enough, mean enough. That is seen or unseen. That the Lord cannot stand against. Because the Lord is the almighty. And when he says almighty means almighty. We cannot face our giants on our own. We have to face them with God. And like David who carried off Goliath's weapons and put them in his tent, we too must take our victories. And we too must put them in our tent. And we must remember them victories. I'm sure David... When he felt discouraged, because David was a mighty warrior, a man after God's own heart, he would look into his tent. He would walk into his tent and he would see that sword and that spear, that armor of that giant that he slew that day in the valley. And he would, be, he would remember that the Lord is with him. And it would encourage him. You know what? The Lord delivered me from this giant, from this champion, this warrior of the Philistines. The Lord will deliver me from this scourge that's coming against me. Whether man, whether sickness, whether disease, whether virus. We have to look to the Lord for our help. The Lord did it for me then. He'll do it for me again. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. We have to come at our giants. You know, I love it. I love that picture. I can see it in my mind. David just running after the giant with a sling. You know? And just throwing it right at him. As the giant's running right at him, face to face. We have to go at our giants the same way that King David went after his. 
We got to go at him with the word. We got to face the devil with the word and say, no, devil. God said, above all things, he wishes that I would prosper and be in good health. No, devil, I'm the head and not the tail. Get thee behind me, Satan. We got to face those giants with the word. And when I feel that things are hard and difficult, I just look into my tent and I remember where God delivered me from, where God saved me from. And I look into my tent and I say, yeah, you know that addiction of drugs? That was my giant. That could have killed me and wiped me out. But God delivered me from that. And whatever your addictions could be, God is almighty. All means all. He's the mightiest. There is nothing that he can't do or nothing that he can't defeat or accomplish in your life. He is a mighty warrior, a high fortress, a sure foundation. Look at all the Psalms that David wrote. How he spoke about God. How he revered God. How he honored God. How he loved God with all his heart. I mean, King David wasn't a perfect man. He wasn't. But the one thing that he did was that he couldn't deny that he loved God and he knew who God was. And he stood on faith in that. And he believed it with all of his heart. We have to come to our giants with the word. When I feel that things are hard and difficult in my life, I just remember what God has said to me. And I remember it from the, the book of Joshua. Joshua 1.5. It says, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and be courageous, it says. And in that same chapter, it says, be strong and courageous three times. Be strong and courageous. But those are some of the things that I remember. When I think that things are, the world is coming down on me, it's like, how am I going to do this? How can I take care of this? And I start looking at my own self, and I'm like, you know what? Chris can't do anything. I need to look to God. And i got to remember what God says, and I take it to heart, and I hide that in my heart. And where he says, you, I put me in there. No one will be able to stand against me. All the days of my life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never fail you or forsake you. That's who the Lord is. That's who the Lord is. He will never fail you or forsake you. You got to remember those words. They're words to encourage you and to build you up. To strengthen you. To be strong and courageous. And you know, Joshua, Joshua like David, mighty warrior, Joshua had to face his giants, didn't he? Do you guys remember the story of when Moses sent out 
two men from each tribe to scout the land in Numbers 13. And he said, go scout out the land before we go into the promised land, the land that God has given us. And they came back. And only two of the men had a good report. It was Joshua and Caleb. The rest of them were afraid. Why were they afraid? Because they saw giants in the land. He said, there's giants. There's Nephilim. There's descendants of Anak who were giants in the Nephilim in the land. And to them, we look like grasshoppers. Surely they will destroy us. They have fortified cities. Although their grapes are the... I don't know. He said, the land is surely flowing with milk and honey, but we can't take the land, is what they said. And they just, they, just, they just ran dissension through the whole tribe of Israel. And now all of them were afraid, except for the two men, Joshua and Caleb. And that's why they all wandered around for 40 years in the desert. And all of them perished in the desert, except for Joshua and Caleb. So Joshua had to fight those giants. He had to face those giants. Just like David faced them. Sometimes some of our giants come in the forms of opposition. From work, from even our own family members and friends at times. But we, no matter what, we have to trust the Lord. No matter what, we have to stay on His Word. We have to be faithful to God in all things. Trust in the Lord, like I prayed this morning over the Michaels. Jordan and Annie and their family. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings and all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. That's what we have to do. We have to learn that. God is faithful and just. He'll be with us. He'll never fail us or forsake us. Through all, all the giants we face in our lives, we have to trust in Him. His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. Amen? So I would encourage you today, if you have giants that you're facing, run after them like David. Don't be afraid. Run at them like David with the word of God. Stand on it. Stand on the promises of God. Remember those giants that you've defeated already in your life. Look at those for encouragement. And say, no, God delivered me from this. He'll do it again. God can save me from this. He'll do it again. He'll reach down and he'll pick you up out of the water just like he picked up Peter. That's what he'll do. He'll do it again. And he'll do it again. And he'll do it again because he's a loving God who saves us who cares for us. 
He wants the best for us. Amen? And you know what? He'll never stop working. <laughs> Just like we say, he never stops working. God never stops working 24-7. Rest on the Sabbath day. <laughs> but he never stops working for us. And Jesus never stops speaking on our behalf to the Father in heaven. He never stops. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Let's stand for the blessing, if we can. Number 6, 24 through 26. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you and praise you, Lord God, for each person here today. I pray your blessings upon them. I pray, Lord God, that you would be with us today. And Lord, I pray that anything that I've said that's of me would not even stick to us, Lord God. But, Lord, anything that you've said through your word, through me, Lord God, I pray that, Lord, it would stick to our hearts. That we would remember it, that we would stand on it, and that, Lord God, um, we would cherish it, Lord. Because it's your word. And, Lord, I praise you and thank you, Lord God, for your people today, Lord, that are here. Bless them, Lord. Heal them. Bless them. Keep them. Protect them, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that you would keep them, that your face would shine upon them and be gracious to them. That, Lord, you would turn your face toward us and that you would give us peace on all sides. And as we go out from here, I just thank you for each person. Bless them this week in Jesus' name. Amen. And if anybody would like prayer, I'm sure my wife and I would love to pray for you and anoint you. Amen. Amen.